Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal! These guys are good! Scary good! And this crowd is going bananas! As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello everyone, welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, joining me. For this episode and all week long are my co-hosts and colleagues, Nick Martin and Tim Kalinowski. Oh, and gentlemen, Tuesday night slate. I think this could be pound for pound my favorite big slate of the season so far. I think there's so many fun games to bet on here. So much pain awaits us. Uh, And speaking of which, we're going to start right there. Our favorite underdogs at the top of the show. And if I, I think that Nick, your pick is, uh, it's got Peyton just written all over it. This thing is ugly. Yeah, this is ugly, and it, it's it's hilarious the way I almost want to go into it as someone who likes the Predators. I like what Andrew Burnett has done. They're kind of a high-flying team now and really have just completely changed since last year. But as as crazy as it sounds, this is almost more of a play on the Ducks. And it, you know what? It, it really is just entirely a play on the Ducks. Um, you look at their last stretch here, and they've they beat the Knights. They lost the Coyotes. Then they played the Oilers, who I think are playing the best hockey in the league right now. The Leafs, the Jets, and the Wings. And they should have beat the Wings. And it feels like one of those things to me, they're push- pushing in the right direction. They've got the bodies back now, and they still haven't come out of this insane lull. And I think that's being reflected in the number here. And I think you can see in the last couple efforts, other than maybe the Dostal game uh, versus Toronto, that they're getting closer and they're they're trending up. And I think the fact that they played really tough teams is kind of hiding that that they're starting to compete a little more and they've got their bodies back so i mean it's ugly they're obviously a huge underdog but i i think at plus 185 we do have the number um and i would play it down to plus 175 i think they're they're gonna make it a little scrappier than this i think it's a good time to try to kind of buy really low on the ducks coming out of what's just been a hideous kind of couple of months here but got their bodies back i still think they're not as big of a joke because as this kind of shows so yeah i'm not thrilled about it but i I think it's a good play i love it uh i had a couple potential candidates on my short list for for our favorite underdog the ducks are certainly on there as well uh it it really does help to 
when you when you are handicapping games to, when you look at a team that's whatever the ducks are one six and one of their last eight i just made that up but to, to look at the quality competition and the extenuating circumstances of that of that stretch and we we saw this team go on a run earlier in the year that we knew was not sustainable but what was the What's the similarity between that team and and the one that is going to take the ice against the Predators um, tomorrow night? Health. That's it. It's like this team has been banged up for the past couple months here. Terry in and out of the lineup, Zegers in and out of the lineup, McTavish in and out of the lineup, Carlson in and out of the lineup. It's bodies have just been going in and out of this thing uh, for a while. Gudis, Strom. And now they're starting to get closer to 100% health. And when they are, they're going to be a, uh, a viable underdog at these kind of prices, especially against a team like Nashville, who, yeah, they're better than expected um, and are impressive under Brunette, but they're not going to blow you away all that often. So I, I like the Ducks here in this spot too. Tim? Oh, boy, yeah, three for three here. Um, I, I like the Ducks as well. This is um, – th- you guys nailed it, but I also want to just touch on the fact that I do think that the price is is also just long. Um, I went back and I looked at a for a similar kind of spot and see what the price was. So back on Wednesday, oh, when the stole that game. No, Wednesday, December thirteenth. Leboff, you might this probably is top of your mind. Anaheim went and played at the New York Islanders. They lost the game four three, but the Islanders were minus one eighty eight in that game. And honestly, I and there's no. No back-to-back here, no, nothing nefarious, as Leboff would say. And, and now you're looking at this line where Predators are minus 225. I just think it's gotten a little out of hand in terms of I don't know if it's Predators love or Ducks hate or both. doesn't really matter to me because all reasons lead me to wanting to play the Ducks here at this long price. Yeah, I think this could be somewhat of a market bottom for the Ducks. They've got their guys back and their guys like Drysdale, Zegris, Terry is actually a pretty huge combination if they're all playing to their... Uh... Potential. I know Zegers has had a bit of a tough year. He had a really good game the other night, though, and no one expected him to be as bad as he was early on this season. So you combine that with the schedule, like I said, and I just think it's one of those things that everything kind of being at the nut bottom for the Ducks right now is setting us up as a good time to buy on them. Yeah, uh, at the time of recording, Ducks plus 185 in Nashville, uh, and there's still a little room uh, to get down on them uh, on Tuesday morning. My favorite underdog, Quite ugly as well. The Blue Jackets, man, I can't quit this team. They are just so much fun to bet. They're plus 215 in Winnipeg. Jets minus 265 and a total six and a half. Now, Nick, you said that your your argument was basically a case for the Ducks. My argument here is going to be a case against Winnipeg at this price. Uh, it's just too high. It's just too high for this team coming home after this road trip. When, you, when you're dealing with a small market team in the NHL, Winnipeg is a good one. Florida um is another one when the story gets big enough that the mainstream hockey media is like wow man look at what the winnipeg jets are doing this is are they a bona fide stanley cup contender when you start hearing that conversation happening on hockey night in canada or such that's a clear signal that it's time to sell it's it's it just tells you that the market we're at the the peak of the market i think we're there with the jets some sports books are putting them up there with some of the outright favorites to win the stanley cup we love this jets team we were pumping their tires for weeks uh, going into the holidays, and hopefully you were able to uh, join in on the party there uh, in terms of the futures market. But this number is too high against a Blue Jackets team that is going to give you everything they've got. They've been to overtime seven of their last 11 games. 
Now, part of that is not that's not all good news because a lot of those were, were blown leads, including uh, the other night. Who, uh, Jesus Christ, that was the probably the worst beat of the season that you're <laughs> uh, with with Flurry and the empty net and uh, all all the drama that ensued after. The only that. thing that consoled me a little bit was as someone who bet the Blue Jackets was that ultimately it was like a fifty fifty game. You could probably say the Wild deserved to be there. So I, yeah, I feel like that's the like glass half full and way to look at those I was stupid on the, endings. I was on the Blue Jackets against the Flyers a couple of days earlier than that, and they did not deserve to win that game, and they did. Um, and so maybe it was a little bit of karma, but still, this team they will drag you into the deep end of the pool. Whether or not that they they come out on top is is a whole question, a whole other question entirely. But uh, yeah, this is a a classic sell high spot on Winnipeg. Tim, anything Jets and Jackets. Yep, Blue Jackets as well, baby. It's time to fade the Jets, and you said it. We love the Jets, but part of why we love the Jets is because they had value on them. They were cheap, and now they're too expensive. And frankly, they're so expensive that it's created value on the other side, and that's the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think a team that we're excited to bet as an underdog because, one, they're hilarious to watch because they just play some exhilarating hockey, and two, because – you know, they give a they give they give a good effort. They could um kind of lull Winnipeg to sleep a little bit here as the first game back from this California road trip. And and you said it before we started recording, Leboff, like, oh, so what, you go clean up in Southern California and all of a sudden you're the Stanley Cup favorite? Like it just I don't know. They were expected to win those games, right? They were they were favored in a majority of those games. So what what changed that they win some games that they're favored in? And all of a sudden it's like, okay, let's hand out the Stanley Cup. Again, love the Jets, hoping they go to sleep a little bit, um, you know, kind of stub their toe, and then we can jump back on them again. But again, it's just too expensive in value on the other side now. Yeah, there was another team that just swept the California trip and nobody nobody gave a shit. So uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of a good summary of it. And yeah, Deco Mike's thoughts, like we he he pointed out the Jets as the best future like three weeks before this. We pumped up right when Kyle Connor went down, how Velarde was coming back in the lineup and how he had the potential to completely cover that. So I think we've been beating, like covering the Jets accurately. But yeah, I don't, I can't believe that they're now the outright favorite. That feels like the definition of buying high. If uh, I'm looking at one book right now, they're the outright favorite. Depending on where you're at, though, there's still 24 to 1 out there. So um, I would play that. And then, yeah, just to kind of echo the same sentiments on Columbus. We talked about it in December. They had a really, really hard schedule. They were competing in every single game. All the games were close. You probably could have won a couple more of those coin flips and overtimes, and maybe we'd be seeing a worse number here. But yeah, just for what Columbus has got going, and they've got a couple more players playing better now. Um, so yeah, Cylinder's hot. We I, I thought he was going to bounce back this year. I was surprised at how bad it was early on, but now it feels like he's kind of solidified a role in some minutes so i think this team's a little bit better than they're getting credit here i like the spot it feels like a sleepy spot for the jets and i think columbus can definitely play up to their number and i'll throw the last note out there too they were out at plus 215 i would play it down to plus 200 and i think it's an interesting one like we've talked about on these dogs when it's such a long number i feel like people like to just kind of throw that out the window whereas like if it's a favorite and we're talking about a team at minus 110 and it moves to minus 130. Even like pretty casual betters, I think, would be like, okay, I'm going to pass now because that seems like a pretty humongous difference. And I feel like on dogs like this, if it moves to like plus 190, people might just are a lot more inclined to just think, eh, you know, it's it's still pretty damn long. I, I guess, you know, I'll just still take the shot when 
really it is obviously just the same change. So I'll throw that note out there again. Tim, your favorite dog? Yeah. Um, in the, in the in initial uh, document here, our, our little rundown, I, I put it in as the Kings, who are a short dog right now, um, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I knew but this was going to happen, Tim. Yeah. But, I'll chime in. I knew this line the second you put it in there. I was like, it's not going to be a dog for long. And then I he's going to have to wear it. But I fully agree with the So pick. I deferred it because someone else might have a best bet on the Kings. So I <laughs> deferred it for a team that is a little more underdogish after I saw ducks and jackets from you guys. I'm yeah, like, we got, we got the juices flowing. We got the juices yeah. flowing. And I'm like, the Kings are, you know, one of these is not like the other in our three <laughs> underdogs. So I said, I'm scrapping the Kings and I'm going to the Arizona Coyotes who are plus 135-ish right now. And they're taking on Boston. Boston will be in the second half of a back-to-back against Colorado. I mean... Gosh, I mean, is there any other reason than it's the Arizona Coyotes and this is our team? Um, but on top of that, this Boston team, they still really scare me. I think that we kind of, they yes, they rely a lot on their good goaltending. They rely a lot on timely scoring from the likes of Pasternak. And um, so I just look at this and I think it's a really tough back-to-back to go from to playing this really strong Colorado Avalanche team that's going to push you to the brink. They play fast. And then you go play Arizona, who plays kind of the complete opposite of what you're going to see in Colorado. I think it's an opportunity. Boston plays a lot of teams where the other team is in a really bad spot. And, um, you know, they kind of lick their chops and take care of business. In this spot, Boston's obviously not not in a great one. And I just think there's some value here on the Yotes. But you got to get more than plus 130. I think that's the lowest I'd go here. Um Nick or you guys, you tell me, jury, tell me. I, I hope there's no disagreement because it's I, our yotes. I like it. It is our yotes. Um, the argument against it is they've been not playing very well, but it feels <laughs> like the kind of spot that they can make really tough. And we targeted Tampa in this exact uh back to back earlier in the year, and it worked out well because it is pretty tough, you know, like that you're playing in Colorado at altitude, and that is a not like a serious travel situation compared to some of these like back-to-backs in the Northeast where it's like a 50 minute bus ride. Um, so I think that's noteworthy. Uh, Yotes have been like, they're going to hang tough. They're going to compete hard. And I feel like we're kind of at a bit of a low for them. They've got the goaltending. It just feels like the avenues are there that they're going to make this game a grind for Boston and, and Boston's not gonna be a great situation to, you know, kind of, manage that and, and compete at a high level it feels like one where they're probably gonna have to kind of steal it around the edges which is very doable versus the yotes but um i agree i think it's a really good number and a good time to try to get back on the yotes wagon uh, yeah i couldn't agree more on on this it's a little scary uh usually there's a little bit of pushback in the underdog segment especially when we're dealing with with dogs at these kind of prices but uh, all three of us on song with with all three of them and I will add the same kind of caveat I just added with the the Jets, with the Coyotes, which was they were a fun story. Everybody was like, oh, the Coyotes, look at them, you know, playing well. And uh, then they start to tank a little bit as that conversation started to pick up. And now there's people in the bigger mainstream media talking about, oh, man, the Coyotes. That was fun for a little while, but we're now starting to see the light. So now, you know, OK, buy back in. Uh, everybody's giving up on this team a bit here for good reason. They haven't been all that good, but um a good buy low spot here and a terrible spot for the Bruins uh, coming in on the back-to-back. Okay. Um, by the way, if you wanted to parlay those those three teams, which uh, it's, it's of course I'm not endorsing in any way, please gamble responsibly. Uh, it'd be around just just north of 20 to 1 at the current prices. 
you want to throw the sharks in there, you're going to get 95. Uh, all right. Uh, on, to, on, to the, on to the big board. Just now, before we get carried away. Um, a little foreshadowing about where I'm looking at the sharks and leaves. Uh, let's talk Canucks and Isles up next. Uh, Vancouver is in Madison Square Garden on Monday night, so they take the arduous journey to Long Island. Uh, one of those tough travel spots Nick was just talking about uh, for, for Tuesday night, taking on the Islanders. Vancouver right now, plus 110. Uh, Islanders, minus 130. You can find some a little bit better number out there on the Islanders if you want, and a total of six. Uh, I do think that at minus 120 or better, it'd be the Islanders if, if you can get there, uh, if you can find it. I think that what happens on Monday night against the Rangers actually will impact this game, though, because uh, it's a big game. It's two teams and near the top of the NHL standings. Uh, I think if the Rangers win, they go to the top of the NHL. They, they leapfrog the Jets, who are off on Monday night, whereas the Canucks can then uh, be do something similar. They'll, they'll like slide in one point behind Winnipeg and get the conversation going. It's always bigger on Broadway. That's what they say. They also say no quit in New York. Um, don't know how much I believe in that one, but uh, I think that you're, you're going to, there's a chance you get a better number on the Islanders. If, if things go really well with Vancouver on Monday night, the opposite edge of the coin is that if it doesn't go well, uh, it, these, these numbers could uh, go the other way. Cause I do think that the Islanders would be the sharper side uh, here, Nick. Yeah, I think it, I mean, they opened this kind of wrong and then I think it's kind of course corrected to being the right number at minus 130. Um, don't hate the spot for the Islanders. <laughs> the the spot gets a little worse for uh, the Canucks because Layboff's probably going to be calling the hotel all night and <laughs> together to mess with them. No, I'm but... saving that for Thursday, man. You can only play that card once a week and wait till you see who's coming to town on Thursday. Yeah, I think it, it's it's a tough traveling, or I shouldn't say traveling, but a tough back-to-back spot. Uh, Canucks have announced is going to play Monday, so... Almost certainly will he won't be in there on Tuesday, um, which usually tends to move the line a little bit. I'd I'd wait if I was going to bet the Canucks and just see. It feels like most of the time that's always undercorrected for or undercounted for, even though it's pretty obvious that's the way it's going to go. But as at the time of uh, recording, I don't have too much on this. Just kind of a lean at the Islanders with the the new numbers. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong. The way we, you know, you guys talked about this if you're leaning islanders but the price has to be right so if it's if you don't have better than minus 120 i'd say right now then maybe you take your shot with how um how monday night goes with the rangers and the canucks because i think that um i think everything you guys said is bang on but we don't we're not we're not paying too much money to bet this islanders team way off not too much yeah please don't coming uh, from me. I I don't think I've ever seen the Islanders win as a as a minus two hundred favorite in my entire life. Uh, Maybe over think, though, Lebov. Oh my bad. Maybe yeah, no. I think that Sticks? I think that the Islanders still trend towards that way. Like they're they're scoring. Yeah, they're giving up a lot, and they're giving and up I mean, a the, ton. The Canucks too. I mean, the Canucks have defended really well. And to be fair, Casey DeSmith's been really sharp. Um, I haven't div- dove into sometimes with backups. The one thing that can happen is they end up luck boxing into having like five very simple cherry picked spots. So you always got to keep that in mind. But um, yeah, I think it's crazy, but probably over or pass. But I, I think the Islanders are decent. Yeah. Vancouver, Vancouver, 13, five and two to the over away this year. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, and that's the thing. I think they've been even more of a luck box in terms of, but I guess the opposite side of this would be the goaltending. But I feel like their finishing is what's probably even more due to regress. 
um, the Canucks than anything. I, I think they've been defending legitimately very yep. damn well, and they have Damco. So, yeah, you look at the Vancouver's underlying numbers uh, over the last ten, and uh, they're pretty good, man. They're they're on right on pace with the uh, you know top six mark in terms of expected goals allowed over those last ten games, and um, they re- kind of in a weird way when you're talking about. I know this is, sounds like previewing a Monday night game where you won't be able to bet or do anything actionable with it, but uh, the Rangers and, and Canucks to me remind me they did remind me of each other uh, earlier this year. Like they didn't need five on, great five on five play to, to win because they can win on the margins with goaltending and special teams and just elite skill. Uh, but that's kind of it stayed the same with the Rangers where their five on five numbers have gotten like dwindled a bit, and it's not the same with the Canucks anymore. They're getting better. Um, so. Just one thing to keep in mind: this Canucks team is starting to really round into form. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like when I when we talk about like the Jets and some of these runaway teams, or like the fact that they're running away with the outright prices and some teams that are, I just don't see where they're that much better. It just feels like you're buying high. You look yep. at like the season long results, and they're kind of comparable to the Canucks. And I mean, the Canucks have the best goal dif- differential, the most regulation wins. So despite the fact that everyone knows they're kind of due for some regression, those are also kind of the most key numbers that suggest how good a team is and they have them in their favor so yeah i think it's fair to say they're still right there at the top teams complete brain fart by me here on a monday to tell you wait until what happens in vancouver and uh the rangers before you bet the islanders as if as if people be able to hear that before hear this before that yeah um, they might yeah. you never know they, they yeah will. that's on me uh, uh you never ever know damn you just don't uh Panthers and Blues up next. Uh, Florida minus one sixty-two. Blues plus one thirty-six. Total six and a half. This is one of the. This was probably uh, their ten games on Tuesday night. This is the one I had the least amount of betting interest in. Nick. Yeah, I agree. I had um originally thought we might end up with uh, a little value on the Panthers here, but no, I, I think that's gone. I feel like the Blues are stabilizing a little bit, and, and this number just looks right to me. It feels like uh, I, I didn't really have anything jumping out to me from a spot perspective or numbers here last week the canucks were in this spot favored at the st louis blues i went with the canucks nick went with the blues nick won i was an idiot uh nick and i head to head this year i believe nick is like nine and oh something like that so similar spot here i, and I, I will learned back from you my up mistakes. and say too that they've all just been like very very close games <laughs> Which is why I told you that it's my lucky charm because every time it's been like one, one, 10 minutes left in the third and I went in overtime or something. Yeah, it's it, I've not won the coin flips and I'm not going to try with another coin flip here. I'm going to stay away. Okay. Oilers and Blackhawks now. Famous last words. Feels like a good lottery ticket game. Uh, Oilers are minus 380. Blackhawks are three to one. Uh, total six and a half here. I went on uh, the NHL.com fantasy on ice podcasting and, and tried to explain this as best as I could in layman's terms. And we've done it a couple times this year uh, with an Oilers and Sharks game. These games, it, when when you're setting a line or a market for a game, an NHL hockey game, you're kind of starting, you're pitching backwards, right? Like the the most likely outcomes are 4-2 win, 5-2 win, 3-1 win, whatever. In a game like this, those go out the window. Like those are a lot less likely to take place than a six-two Oilers win in this spot, and that automatically is going to put value on building something like correlated to those kind of score lines because they are just going to be undervalued 
in a, in a single NHL game. Uh, so I think, and once again, famous last words, because when we, we pumped these tires uh, against the Sharks earlier this season, uh, the, the Sharks won. And Tim's, Well, to Tim be had fair, to... though, last week I said that at Open, I thought the Oilers' price was completely wrong in San Jose and that they deserve to be a bigger favorite. And it moved, I think, more than any pick I've given out in like a month. And the Oilers just stomped them. Yep. And I thought this line was the same. I thought it's, I think, can be tough to price these. But I, I thought the Oilers deserve to be a way bigger favorite at open. And they have gotten there. Um, yep. And, yeah. And and we didn't, we, we held our, we kind of held our tongues before that Sharks game. Or at least I did. And ended up just putting one on, on the side. And it would have cashed if Connor McDavid scored. But, um. I do think that you you can absolutely build yourself something fun here because the this isn't just the Oilers taking on the Chicago Blackhawks on opening night, right? There was that game a few weeks ago on ESPN and people were really excited because it was Bedard versus McDavid and whatever. This is a completely different Blackhawks team and it's not just because Bedard isn't there. They they don't have anybody. Anthony Beauvilliers out. <laughs> this is a this is an ECHL kind of roster here, man. There it it, it they. They picked up uh, one of the pit licks the other day. Like they're just bringing in warm bodies. Uh, so, uh, and full credit to the the Blackhawks for beating the Flames the other night with this this roster. Nick tweeted out a picture of the three stars of the game, and it was insane to look at. Um, but this is a different kind of animal. So uh, have some fun. And Vladar was terrible. Yeah, and Vladar was that, terrible. He was terrible. Um, and they were still. I mean, you look at it. Chicago had 1.8 expected goals. I think that was relatively fair. Like he was really shaky, letting some softies. They got outplayed. The Flames could have scored more. I think that just sets us up here. The only fears I have, and I still think that if you can get the puck line, I think they're gone, but if you can get the puck line at better than minus 135, I would play it, um, is that it will probably not be Skinner in the goal. I would think that they think this is a time and Pickard's been really solid, but I'm still scared to bet him because I don't believe that's going to continue or going to be too likely to continue moving forward. And then I think the other like slight fear is the way that Chicago has to try to win games right now. Like, I feel like it's like when you look at some of these soccer matches in the world cup where it's just like parking the bus and you know, you just need to be defensively accountable and keep everyone behind the puck as much as possible. But with that said, like Edmonton should be able to just completely own it. They should be just one-way traffic in the in the offensive zone here. So I think if they can do kind of the right things. The other thing is like the Oilers still, they keep proving this point, I think, is that they know about, like they haven't really had these letdown games. It feels like they had them all at the start of the year, even though it's more just the goaltending. And now they're just so dialed on getting getting where they need to be in terms of the playoff standings. Um that I'm like almost less worried than other top teams heading into a spot like this. So I, I think the avenues are there. I, I like the, I think if you want to hunt on, uh, like Mike's saying with a bunch of Oilers props, very reasonable. Like just that team's playing so well right now. And it saved me on a few teams that we've been like trying to bet on because I didn't bet them versus Philly because I think that highly of Edmonton right now. And the same thing versus Ottawa to an extent. Obviously, you guys know I got sucked into Ottawa because of some of the longer prices that were available in Alberta, which were just absurd. Um, but from a public perspective, I can say that I the the actual numbers on the game, I wasn't. So anyways, 
I we're think getting Edmonton's there. Playing. We're getting to that team. We're getting. I can't wait to get there. But yeah, I think Edmonton continues. Like they're playing as good as anyone in the league right now. They might be playing the best, which seems insane because like we we keep saying this and they keep jumping up the standings. Not as much as you'd expect, but um, they're like the ultimate team for I think depending on how you watch and look at the process versus just thinking about where they are in the standings. You're going to be I think kind of like really differing on where the betting numbers are, but they're just playing so damn well right now. I think that's another interesting note with the like the Jets. Like, what would the price be tomorrow if Edmonton played them with Skinner versus Hellebuck? I still think it would close with the Oilers being a slight favorite, right? Probably like minus one twenty-five, minus one thirty. So I think that's an interesting note when you're talking about these Cup futures right now, and if the Jets or some of these teams have value at plus nine hundred, I actually still think the Oilers are one of the more reasonable bets. I just don't know if there's any point in adding it now, really. Oh boy, it's a it's an awful lot on this Oilers uh, Blackhawks game. I, I will <laughs> oh, say this: I almost forgot the most important thing. So say your bit, Tim, and then uh, no, and, then, and unless your most important thing is you're worried about Edmonton going out in Chicago on Monday night, I don't want to hear it. This <laughs> is the this is the Chicago team again. You give them a lot of credit, continue to fight, but it's it's an AHL coast roster, unfortunately for them. So. I am probably going to also play a massive same-game parlay, but I'm not telling anyone about it. I'm not tweeting about it. I'm not talking about it because I'm not buying Chicago Blackhawks face paint for the next episode. I'm not doing it. So I'm going to keep it to myself. Okay, this is the most important part. We didn't talk about the Calder race, which I texted you guys right away when Bedard got hurt. I said, Bedard just got hurt. It looks bad. Bet Faber. And they actually took down the lines after that. Anyways, Faber is still available at 10 to 1. Behind Adam Fantilli, which is absolutely absurd. I like Fantilli. Anyone who's watched this closely, Faber's dragging a team that might make the playoffs right now, playing like 30 minutes a night. And that is just going to be a way, way more enticing angle over time, I think. I think he deserves to be a bigger favorite. Um, I know Bedard might not be out long enough to really make it matter. And if you tailed this when I gave it out a month ago and it was 40 to one, I wouldn't recommend adding, but I was actually looking, I still think 10 to one's playable just on the merit. I don't really agree with the prices too much. It Luke Hughes is a little scary because I know he's going to start to maybe get a little more minutes, but Minnesota is going to be so reliant on favor anytime Spurgeon's out and they're just going to keep playing him and playing him. I think he's got by far the best role of any rookie left. He's absolutely dominating. So I think that the case is pretty strong for him compared to really just anyone else. Um, and yeah, it sucks. Bedard went out on the more serious side of things, but yeah, I, th I think Faber deserves to be a bigger favorite. Definitely just right there with Luke Hughes and above Fantilli for sure. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely, but when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most. 
when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Senators and Flames. Uh, this will be the last one we talk about before we get the best bets. Uh, Ottawa plus 115, Calgary minus 135. A total of six and a half for this one. I just am, I'm kind of just tired of <laughs> seeing the Senators on the schedule at this point. I just kind of wish that the, the, the league would just say, take the year. Just take the year, the rest of the year off. You're bother you're bothering people more than anything. Like that's what they're bothering us. They're just a nuisance because on paper, if this was October 9th, opening night, and these two rosters were playing, what would the line be? It's crazy. And I wonder at what point does the team give in? I thought it was li- it's interesting listening, and obviously players are gonna say all this stuff, but it sounded like he really believed it. Listening to Brady Kachuk on after hours talking about the blue. He mentioned the blues going worst to first. He threw that out and he sounded like he was completely bought in and just just distraught by how this team just continues to lose. I feel like they're still pushing to it shows in their play, which has just sucked us into a million stupid bets on them because they absolutely never win. And I I feel like it's getting to a point where it's almost scary that like, when do they realize that this is the worst part if you're a Senators fan is that they probably are like they're so due to stabilize and finish in like 22nd and not be in the lottery or like not have a good spot in the lottery. And then it's just going to be the ultimate nightmare because now it's like at the point where you could probably cheer for losses. I think if you really wanted to, I mean, like going to the playoffs seems insane. Um, my thoughts on this one were that I'm, I mean, I'm going to this game first off. I should put that out there. I'm pumped. Can't wait to see my two favorite teams battle it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am going to be on the Senators, but I'm not putting it in the app. I'm not making it a podcast play. I'll just throw that out there that that's what I think is the right course of action, but I don't want to admit it. I'm an, I'm ashamed by it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I can add to that. Um, <laughs> this this team is good. It's it's so annoying because you just look at the roster. You're like, you're, you're good. You're a good team. It, Everything about it is so ridiculous. On the nights they finish and score some goals, their goalies are absolute shit. Yep. If their goalies play respectively, they don't score any goals. Like they just miss everything. It's like everything about them is just hilarious. And and, and they still have the gall, their fans, to be out there like talking shit about the Nylander deal and stuff. And it's like just worry about you. Worry about, you know, your guys your- getting some wins and doing anything at all. Keep your own garden in order. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 in October. So I remember when the there was some there was like a weird thing that happened. Oh, it was um, Travis Hamanick had to tell Anton Forsberg that he was pulled, uh, and and I was like, you know, there's there's just something weird going on, and it's not quantifiable, but there's something weird. It's a almost when there's smoke, there's fire kind of situation with this team, and uh, that was one of a couple things that ended up happening that week. I can't remember what the other weird thing was, and then uh, the, like the owner. The, oh, they they lost the draft pick because of the Dadanov trade, and then the Shane Pinto uh, suspension came down. 
And then the owner was like, we, we need to just cut our cut bait with Dorian and, and, and close up shop here and just kind of, uh, keep things quiet and tidy in our own house. And since then it's been the exact opposite. Like it's just <laughs> the exact opposite has happened. It's, it's been a complete mess. Uh, Seven uh, games, they get Pinto back or six uh, games. Long Island, pride of fighting pride of long Island. Um, yeah. I'm going to be on the senators here. I don't want to do it. It's, <laughs> it's just, they're the better team. They're the better team that gets, it sounds insane to say, but they are the better team here. The, the I don't want to say the wrong team is favored because it's not true given what we know about these two teams here on January 8th. But I will say that the worst team is favored and it's, it happens all the time with the Senators team. And it's driving me insane. It drives me nuts watching them. Yeah, I agree. And the other one too, it could be, Oh, from a more, like I might end up playing. I mean, I'll probably just play more just cause, but I think um, marks from saves could be sneaky. He's been really good. And I think the Sens continue to get theirs in terms of uh, kind of controlling play. So, whatever. I, I think I'll do it. And I agree, like, plus 120 for the Sens versus, the, like, you know how this game's probably going to play out. It's like, yeah. you know it'll probably be a one goal. The, the, lights, the lights won't work, and they'll, they'll cancel it. And, and be like, <laughs> we'll, we'll play this one at the end of February, of April if, if, if it, it still means anything. Tim, what do you got? Two things. One, has Ottawa been in Western Canada for, like, three weeks? How long have they been here? Every time I look up, I'm like, they still there? Are they not played everyone over there yet? Um, and they're begging for Craig Berube. They're begging for him. And I just, what can you say about him? I mean, I, I, you guys exhausted it. I'm exhausted. I have a headache from thinking about him. I hate them so much. I hate them. Um, yeah, they're begging for Craig Berube. And if would they get Craig Berube, I will love to rebet them and re talk oh, yeah. about them like they're we're gonna, gonna ro- start a rolling parlay. Again. That's gonna be the biggest new coach bounce in, in, in oh. NHL history. I just oh, want to restart it over uh, all over again. Can we just, just have a start the wipe season? the slate clean? Yeah, let's do it. Uh all right. I hope I hope they play respectably here. Or maybe not. <laughs> maybe I hope they don't. But I'm looking at it in Thursday's game. I feel like I'm not gonna be able to resist the sends. They're playing the Sabres, right? They're playing the Sabres. Do yeah. we still, are we going to that right now? That must be, ah, uh, I see. It is Sabres time. Is yep. it not? Yeah, it is. Okay. Let's go. Uh, on to our best bets. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. Three games left to discuss. Um, I'll go first because let's talk Sabres and Kraken. Sabres are minus 120 at the time of recording Kraken uh, even money. Road underdogs, total six and a half. Uh, I think we know the pattern of the Sabres team pretty well by now that when they start to you know percolate a little bit, go against them. Uh, I guess an impressive win against the Penguins the other night, 2-1, late, no. late winner. No, it was It was, it was, it was, it was uh, yeah. what, what would you call it? The ultimate bend but don't break performance uh, from, yeah, from Buffalo there. Uka, Uka Pekalukadin going some, old Patrick Waugh. couple... Yeah, some posts, some posts, some disallowed goals. Crowd five on the three, five game. on three for the Penguins, where they finally scored. Yeah, I mean this this team is so they're not good. The Sabers and the the Kraken are on a roll, and I like them to keep that roll going here with Joey Decord, who is Patrick Wah. <laughs> yeah, I like it, Mike. I was right with you. I actually thought I wanted to fade the Kraken the next game. I think they're getting. Slightly overvalued. I really didn't think they were very impressive versus the Sens, which which sounds crazy, <laughs> but I thought they had really good puck luck in front of goal. But I mean, Decord, I guess, is just this good. 
But you look at Buffalo, and this is the same rhythm, like you said, that we just keep getting into, where it's like they show well enough and find a way to win a couple games, but not in very convincing fashion. And then all to, like it's just this this team is not that good, I don't think at all. I thought the Canadians game, which is maybe a tougher case to make, so six one, um, and it was one of my picks. So it's not like I'm sitting here with like I my bias should if anything be towards pumping up that it was a good pick because it won. I thought that was a way closer game, if not almost yeah. some somewhat goal, unimpressive. Goal taken off the board for the Habs right away, and the Sabres scored what twenty seconds later. It's it was like a 50-50 game that yeah. got to six one, and I just think this team continues to be like highly unimpressive. I don't think they're very good. And yeah, I agree. I think it's a pretty solid number to try with the Kraken. This Kraken team, I'm kicking myself because remember at the beginning of the year, we talked so often about their schedule was pretty brutal and they were like out East for felt like three weeks. And I should have said to myself, it's going to soften. And then that's when it's a good time to play them. But I get, I got such a sour taste in my mouth from, you know, how poorly they started that I, I wish I could have jumped the board here. I'm afraid to jump in. I think Seattle's the right side, but I'm afraid to jump in and um, the bubble bursts here. And there's still a lot of wins on the table coming up for Seattle here at Buffalo, obviously. And then at Washington, at Columbus. I think the Caps will get them on Thursday. I like okay. the Caps. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But then, um, and then, I mean, it's way too far in advance, but listen to this at New York and then the end of that Eastern road trip, then they go at Edmonton and then home against Toronto. So like, it's a really? weird, they're going to be tripped up in some real tough scheduling spots coming up. Um, I still terrified to bet, bet real dollars on the Buffalo Sabres. So yeah, it's a pass for me here, fellas. Yeah. Like I said yeah. a couple weeks ago, you can start thinking about betting the Sabres when they're plus 160. I think that's like <laughs> when you want to start even thinking about it. Because uh, they can lose to anybody and they can beat anybody. And uh, it's just they do the former more often uh, than the latter. Um, last thoughts here, Nick, and then we'll move on to Tim's best bet. Yeah, I, I think I'll be fading both these teams on Thursday. I'll leave it at that. My lack of conviction here just, or I should say the only conviction I do have is just with how low I am on Buffalo right now. I, I thought I wanted to fade the Kraken. So if it goes wrong, we'll, we'll know who we're playing on Thursday to try and get it back. Uh, all right, Sharks and Leafs now. We are approaching ridiculous territory uh, in terms of the the money line, and it, it it's going to keep going up. Uh, Sharks plus 350, Leafs minus 455 at home. Total six and a half. Uh, before we get to you, Tim, I'm just going to set the stage here. Everything is pointing in the direction of the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. They sweep the California road trip. William Nylander signs an extension. Martin Jones has turned into Joey Decord, who, of course, is Patrick Waugh. Like, this is... Everything looks really good for for Ottawa. I mean, I even I mean for Toronto. I even saw um, an article on Sportsnet about how they should sign Simone Benoit to an extension right this second. Uh, yep. he's he's been that. So uh, there is so is that much the guys hope. who said Neilander should get traded for Nick Ritchie or no? Yeah, yeah, probably same, <laughs> same, same camp. Who um, says no? Yeah. <laughs> uh God. There's so much positive momentum going for for Toronto. You're not picking a side here. You're picking the total, but we'll get we'll get uh, we'll chew the fat on on the sides after you go. Yeah, I'm gonna go under uh, six and a half here. This just, I mean, these two teams just played. It was four one. Obviously, that goes under. Um, and before that, it was yeah. So there you go. It was under the Leafs. Surprisingly, I mean, maybe surprisingly, I don't know because the same thing beating up on these teams on the West Coast, but 
they've defended really well, especially five on five. That's why Ben Watt's getting his big, you know, he's going to rival the Nylander extension. It sounds <laughs> like, um, but Toronto's two unders, um, two rather two overs, seven unders and a push in their last 10. So they, they've been defending really well. And obviously this San Jose team is not uh, a threat to score really ever, unless it's um, catching a team in transition with five guys below the goal line. So I think it really maps out that Toronto should win this game. Obviously the line says that. And I think if they do so, um, San Jose doesn't get theirs. They don't do enough. Vice versa. If San Jose can somehow um, catch Toronto sleeping, I think it's still low scoring. So under six and a half there. I know San Jose does have the capability to get blown out, but um, I'm going to take my chances that it's all Leafs and San Jose doesn't hold up their end of the deal. Yeah, I like that handicap a lot. And I don't know if you filtered out the Samsonov starts out of your trends there, but you could (laughs) probably do that too. And it would have some legit merit because I think that was the overs. And it feels like dating back to that 6-5 overtime gong show game in Columbus, which a lot of it had to do with Samsonov, um, really just letting the game get blown up. They have answered what has been just an absurd media response with some good defensive play, um, giving up four goals in four games, with two of those being back-to-back versus Carolina. So, um, And the shutout in LA. So I agree, and it does feel like the classic Toronto play down to a team, let it be a game. Like it does, it's the kind of thing that I don't usually tap into because it just seems hard to just believe that it's going to keep happening, keep happening, especially because a lot of the games, it feels like they get their chances, like the Ducks game. But I, I think it is a bit of a function of the way the teams look to play in those spots, these underdogs, and the Leafs just seem like it's just the same story every time and i know people have actually done deep dives on this and toronto does perform horrifically as a this big of a favorite they perform well as an underdog they don't perform well when they get past minus 250 so i agree i think the under is a good bet i think ty is a decent bet sharks first period is a look i think there's a lot of different things you could try and target on this and then the other one that i think is reasonable if you are somewhere capable of doing it or someone who plays around with the same game parlays is um, if you wanted to do some of the Leafs shooters, but most specifically uh, Blackwood, ideally, to go over his saves prop and and the game to go under. Because I do think those have pretty decent correlation if you can get, like it's basically the exact same storyline we saw in Anaheim, close to the same storyline we saw in San Jose, um, where the Leafs just have to keep pressing for offense and they're going to be capable of doing so. They'll probably spend a lot of time in the offensive zone, obviously, so... Yeah, I think this will be a fun one. I like the under handicap. I think the Leafs, it just feels like one of these ones that's going to be surprisingly close. And then we're going to have media members having to shit fit over one game. It (laughs) is exactly what I'm tapping into here. Uh, It's just not a good spot for the Leafs. It's just not. And they're coming home after the road trip. I know they've had a couple of days off. They got now this whole circus with the Nylander extension. Uh, San Jose's lost 11 games in a row. And I think they've scored more than two goals twice in that span. Uh, so this is, uh, you want to talk about bottom of the market. You didn't think it it would have been uh, possible to be more bottom than what we saw from the, the Sharks at, to start the year, but we're getting close. Yeah, I'm going to be buying low on this, this team. I actually think, too, that I may play a little bit of like a San Jose exact score, like 5-1. I could just see this one being one of those ugly, ugly Leafs no-show efforts, and then uh, the Islanders will catch the uh, 
the the response game on on Thursday night uh, on the island, of course. Yeah, uh, the, the schedule makers. The ske- yeah, the schedule makers always plan it this way. Uh, yeah, okay. I think too. In the one thing I'll throw out there because it it seems crazy to say, but I think it's also interesting because that's how huge of a line this is. I think if the game went exactly how it went in San Jose, which was a pretty firm Leafs win, you could still like that would still be an argument towards betting the sharks yep. at this number like yep. at plus 350 that was still a game where you can live with it um i've got two models open they say the leafs are right around 67 percent uh, on the expected goals seems about fair and that's exactly the point here is that this is just a humongous number when you're talking about hockey and all the variance that goes into that so yeah i think the sure i like the sharks i like the under i, I think uh feels like one it's always just scary because you always just feel like eventually toronto's just going to take one of these spots and win like six nothing and just slap someone and they just they never ever do it always and no, it they gotta go put even... they gotta put matthews in in marner and nylander on the ice for the last seven minutes of the game <laughs> yeah, that's exactly and they'll tie it. it and it feels like one of those ones do they do even worse at home in these kind of spots that would be something absolutely I'd want to this, yeah the coyotes come into tar- would come into toronto every year and just win four two and they like the team goes up, sharks go up one in the first period, and the whole lower yep. bowl is already silent, and then it's more yep. silent, and then it's just Yeah, and then again, why are we playing Matthews for 26 minutes? Well, I don't know. Don't let the sharks score first. <laughs> I will say one more thing. Cannot wait for what the line is on sharks at the Ottawa Senators Saturday, four o'clock. Oh, cannot oh. wait. Uh, cannot wait. Also, I'll throw out there too this. Oh no! They already announced it's going to be Martin Jones. Okay, never mind. I was yeah, going to say this revenge. could potentially no. be the spot to play Hill to be. Nope. Because if Martin Jones got hurt, they'd be in some nope. sort of a situation. But no, no. keep yeah. waiting. No. Uh, come. Okay, uh, we will wrap up. We'll put a bow on this episode with uh, your favorite bet here, Nick, on uh, Tuesday night, January 9th. Yeah, we've really uh, been timed the Kings bets as well. I think I posted them to win the division at the worst possible time, but. Um, <laughs> I think they're still playing really well. They're a deep team. They're they're really Talbot's fallen off a little bit, which is a little frightening to me, but they more or less slapped the caps. And I think that was kind of the story of their week that they could have fared better. It feels it reminds me of the Panthers before they went on the seven game streak. I think it's like pretty much the exact same thing where I'm not necessarily overly concerned about the Kings takes. I still think they're gonna be a legit cup contender. I look up the makeup. I look at the makeup of this team. I still think they're really, really good. So despite the fact that they've lost five in a row, I think that just sets us up well here. And you look at those two to talk about the scheduling spot. Uh, they played the second night of a back-to-back versus Vegas, losing 3-2. I thought that was kind of 50-50. The Oilers game, they came out storming them, kind of fell off, but still, like we talked about, Oilers playing really well. Leafs game was a letdown. I thought the Wings game was more or less fine. And then the, the Caps game to start this road trip was pretty damn good. They're pretty unlucky to lose that one in regulation. So it feels like the right time to buy on the Kings at any, I, I would play this to minus 115 for sure. Uh, this is where Tim got vetoed on them being an underdog <laughs> because they opened as a slight dog. And and I think the uh, smarter money really pushed them away from that quick. And then you look at the, the lightning and this team, they're just not altogether convincing. Like I, I don't think I'm, I think I have them, rated pretty fairly we were on them last week versus the wild when they were getting a really dinged up wild team i think i'm seeing them pretty well right now and i just really don't see how this team is that good it continues to feel like they're getting credit for um 
just what they've done historically. I think the Kings have a significant depth advantage if they can, and they have the right, the, the Kings have the right pieces to hopefully kind of shut down Kucherov, especially if they can stay off the, uh, taking, stay, stay away from taking too many penalties. Um, I don't really see how the Kings aren't more of a favorite here. I think they deserve to be versus a lightning team that has some problems. And I don't hate the spot either coming off of definitely what was a very tilting loss in Washington. And they're starting to really need some wins. And I just think we're getting the better team as an underdog here. Yep. I'm in. Yeah. All in. Love, love this. I mean, I mean, Hey, I wanted to be my underdog. Yeah. I, I, yep. I, I love this. I, this is, um, this is probably, you know, I think the best bet on the board here is the Kings. All the reasons Nick outlined and also, you know, coupled into that Winnipeg Jets Stanley Cup talk has been like, oh, the four best teams are da 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 And the Kings continue to like kind of be left out of that conversation, which I think is just recency bias. I still think this Kings team is, is totally, you know, profiles as a Stanley Cup deep run type team. So that means that's, I think, where the value is being created here in just this game alone. And whether it matters or not, the Kings are still sensational on the road and not great at home for some reason, 13, three and one on the road this year. And if they have another start um, against a T, you know, if Kucherov does what Austin Matthews did in the first period of that game, um, Tom McClellan might lose his mind. So I, I expect this Kings team <laughs> to really um, right the ship here. Tampa Bay still, you know, you have to pick your spots at them. And I think this is a, a no-go for Tampa Bay and, ton of ton of value on the kings here i still really like this team not not quitting yet no i don't uh, think you quit at all i think it's just your prototypical hockey team runs into some bad variants in a long season and we see this all the time teams get on runs and and i really don't think there's anything too much to question with the kings it'd be nice if you know dubois could start playing a little better um that's very obvious but this is kind of everything else is looking great brant clark's really exciting too uh keep your eye on him i think that's definitely a fun angle to watch, but yeah, I just can't see how they're not a bigger favorite here. I think they will definitely get there. So hopefully this gets to our listeners with enough time for them to get some decent numbers. All right. That jam-packed episode of Line Change is now in the books. Uh, I think we were basically on the same page from start to finish here, which is a horrifying thing uh, to think about. Usually when you, when you feel this good about a slate, you know how it goes. If you're, if you're, cold-hearted season better like like we are you know how this thing ends so uh, best of luck if you're if you're following um following us on, on tuesday night but we'll be back to lick our wounds uh the next two days as well on wednesday and thursday then i'm on vacation tim's gonna steer the ship uh with nick uh the following week so just keep your eyes out for that uh and know that if if the, the listenership goes down we we know why uh but until then best of luck with all your bets on tuesday we'll see you wednesday Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.